Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is my good friend, Tony Defio. As we hop into the black and gold DeLorean, we go back in time to yesteryear and remember a game that maybe you forgot about, maybe we forgot about, or maybe we remember enough of thinking, hey, we want to go back and watch that one. And that is definitely the case with the game that we are going to watch today. Joining me once again, like I mentioned, Tony Defio. Hey, howdy, Tony. How are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic, Brian. I can't wait, as always, to talk about this game, especially this game. I, I always remember the essence of this game, but not the obvious. I was 10 years old at the time, so I, I, I had so much fun going back and watching this, uh, re-watching this and, and, and seeing the little nuances of this game. I can't wait. Tony and I, of course, are the same age. I know we talk about that a lot, and we we're experiencing a lot of the same things at the same time. And this is a game for me that I remember very well. I remember watching it with my dad, and it was a situation where we weren't going to have football in a while. So we're going to get back to that in just a little bit and explain what we're talking about with that. But this is a game that I remember from my youth. And like Tony said, going to back to watch it, I didn't realize all the cool things and all the cool players we were going to see in this game from both sides of the ball. So it was so much fun for me as well. So we are going back to a time, and this game was played in Pittsburgh, and something extraordinary happened. And Scott Fallman, do you know who Scott Fallman is, Tony? I have to say no, I don't. Well, Scott Fallman was the first person to ever post a documented emoticon on the CMU, Carnegie Mellon University, bulletin board system 
and it was really cool we see emojis every single day in our lives now i never would have guessed that that's uh that's actually amazing that 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 kind of technology existed back then even on a limited basis yeah that's that's actually pretty cool absolutely and you know what's what song Scott Fallman was probably listening to the radio because it was number one at the time. It was by Chicago. Number one song was hard for me to say, I'm sorry. It was had two weeks at number one. It knocked out Abracadabra the very next week. It was knocked out by Abracadabra. Once again, a rare thing on the charts. That's a very good love song, Tony. Yeah. Chicago. They, they had a steady stream of, of hits and I always forget that they were still producing hits in the early eighties. So that's, that's another thing I didn't know. And if you were going to the movies, this was another situation, just like the Steve Miller band and Chicago back and forth at number one was an officer and a gentleman and ET, the extraterrestrial. That was the summer of ET, but officer and a gentleman with the great Louis Gossett jr. And, of course, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger as well in that movie. But Gossett Jr. won an Academy Award for his performance in there. Um, so those were the two top movies at the time as well. Of course, we are talking about the year 1982, and we are talking about September 19th. So if you know where you were, well, we know where we were, and the Steelers were 1-0, after a Monday night football win against the Dallas Cowboys, where they found their new kicker, Gary Anderson. I remember watching that game on Monday night football and feeling pretty good. I later, I got to meet Gary Anderson. I told him all about that situation. And then I said, I told my dad, we finally got our kicker. Then I got on the bus and went to sixth grade and he slapped his head and said, oh boy. And <laughs> I made him feel old. But <laughs> the very next week, the Steelers with their new kicker were going to host the AFC champion, the defending champions from the American Football Conference, Kenny Anderson, Chris Collinsworth, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was another 1-0 team. And it was a big game for another reason, because the players union and the NFL were talking about a strike and this was going to be the last game for a very long time. In fact, they only played nine games that season in the regular season. And this was the last time for football. And I remember watching this game thinking, man, we might not have football for a week or two and it lasted so much longer. Do you remember that time, Tony? Yeah. I, rem I remember that, that, uh, it was every week they were talking about it, it, it an ending and it just kept going on and on and on. And I was such, I was just getting into football back then the first couple of years uh, into, into my fandom. And it was, really, I was really jonesing for a, a return to a, to some NFL action. And it was absolute torture for me as well. So I know exactly how you feel. I remember they were starting to play some uh, Canadian football league um, action on NBC and stuff like that, just to give us some sort of football. And it just wasn't the same. I tried so hard. Um, I just longed for it to come back. And when it finally did, it felt good to uh, watch it again. And I never took it for granted. I'll tell you that. And the next strikes weren't as bad and they learned some things with the next strike, especially the next strike five years later with uh, the replacement players. Uh, I, I was looking through uh, the slate of games and I said, I was thinking, Tony, we could actually do a replacement player game, but that would be boring for even you and I. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it probably would be, but it, it's, it's amazing how many uh, players came out of that, that 
for the Steelers. I think they, they got a few players out of that, out of that as a replacement game. So their quarterback have, was Steve Bono. Yeah. Yeah. And he went on to have a pretty decent uh, career for the 49ers. So yeah, uh, there were some, some good moments, but yeah, I think you're right. It, it would probably be, be kind of, we would be like, the whole game going who was that who was that <laughs> absolutely so let's go ahead and talk about this game so it was an exciting time and a scary time when you're talking about the strike especially when you're 10 years old like you and i tony but uh the steelers were coming off of retirements of lc greenwood and Joe Green, they look different. Their defense looked different. This was the very first year, 1982, when they started going to the 3-4. So they have been, we know them as a 3-4 team, and we have known them since 1982. And coincidentally, 1982 was the first year they started t- keeping track of sacks for an individual. Uh, that's when it officially became a stat. Um, there's unofficial stats that you go ahead and look at with sacks. We can look at uh, what Joe Green did and Ernie Holmes and L.C. Greenwood and all of that. So I follow the unofficial Steeler sacks and the official Steeler sacks. But officially, James Harrison is number one on both sides of the ball, official and unofficial, and soon to be T.J. Watt in a couple of years if he stays healthy and stays a, uh, stays a Steeler. He's only about 30 away from the record, Tony. But with that being said, this was a team that still had a lot of Steelers from the 70s. You still had Jack Ham playing at a high level. Jack Lambert was there as well. Donnie Shell was on that team. John Stallworth. You were nearing the end with Lynn Swan and Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris, but they were there as well. Mixing in names like Frank Pollard and Calvin Sweeney and your number one draft pick didn't play in this game, but Walter Abercrombie was there. On defense, you had Mike Merriweather, Gary Dunn, Edmund Nelson, who would play in this game. You would have a player like Rick Woods returning kicks. And you also had Dwayne Woodruff, who was uh, towards the beginning of his career. He's about three years in and uh, very important to that team as well, Tony. So if you were a fan of the Steelers of the 70s, there was a lot of carryover. And the big carryover that was there was Chuck Noll was still there as your coach, Tony. Yes, and 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 it was, it was a a pretty interesting mix of, of, of the seventies heroes and, and the new guard. They, they were definitely in transition, but after missing the playoffs, the last, uh, the previous two years, they were certainly looking to, to uh, relive the, or, or get back to the glory days of, of the uh, late seventies. Absolutely. So let's get into this. We talked about Gary Anderson and the Steelers won the toss and agreed to kick off. And here comes Gary Anderson. He kicks it deep to David Fuller and Kenny Anderson, a gunslinger at the time, a really good quarterback who would turn out to be the Steelers quarterbacks coach in one of their championship seasons. If I'm not mistaken, he was there as well. And the Bengals came out and went three and out Tony. But one thing I remember was a guy named Dan Ross, who at the time had the Super Bowl record for 11 catches. It was, it was since uh, broken, but you also had Chris Collinsworth on that team. A lot of people hate him on Sunday night football. He's one of my favorites actually. So that's one of the things a lot of people disagree with me on, but he was a really special receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a big guy, a big target. And we learned something about him, Tony, that we didn't know. Yeah, he was a, uh, he was, he was a quarterback for the university, for university of Florida. And b- before, uh, 
making the switch to receiver and that turned out to be a a great switch for him because he was a second round pick in 1981 and he had a really good career for himself as a wide receiver and he was really in his heyday in this period of time and if you didn't know how good he was as a player he really was you watch this game and you're going to find out so let's talk about that first possession for the Steelers after the Bengals went three and out There was a few rushes by Frank Pollard and Franco Harris. Franco really didn't get together on the ground that well, but the Steelers started moving the ball through the air with passes to Calvin Sweeney, number 85 out of USC. A first round pick tight end, Benny Cunningham, who we lost, I believe, about a year and a half ago, and a 25-yarder to John Stallworth. Then Bradshaw from the 15-yard line went back to pass, and he found one of those receivers again for a touchdown. Who was it, Tony? It was that it was the uh, future Hall of Famer, the four-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, John Stallworth, to make it seven-nothing Pittsburgh. I gotta tell you, now early in his career, his guy was Lynn Swan, and I'm talking about Terry Bradshaw. Then in his book, he said, Lynn Swan was my guy. He was still my guy, but my number one guy became John Stallworth later in my career. And it was never more apparent here where he would find him early and often. John Stallworth was really great in the 80s as well as the 70s, and that's one of the reasons he was a Hall of Famer, and he did it not just as a 70s stealer. He was special in the 80s, and he was special in this game, Tony. That was a 15-yard score, and just like that, it was 7 to nothing in favor of the Steelers. Then David Mercer took... Gary Anderson's kickoff from the end zone to the 30 yard line. Here comes Ken Anderson and he goes deep right away. Donnie shell almost intercepted the pass, but Jack Lambert was called for pass interference on the play. The Bengals were mixing up the pass and the run, and they were doing it really well with guys like Pete Johnson and Charles Alexander. Those are some pretty special backs at the time, Tony and receptions by Chris Collinsworth, who we mentioned Alexander and Dan Ross, the tight end. The Bengals took the ball all the way down to the eight yard line, but Kenny Anderson's next pass was tipped at the line of scrimmage by Jack Lambert and another hall of famer made his name in this game. Who was that Tony with the interception? That was the now immortal Donnie shell, the safety who, who really much like John Starward had a, had a fantastic decade of the, of the eighties. He really, his, his play just, uh, continued to elevate after those Super Bowl years, and he made a great play in the end zone to keep his feet in bounds. It was a great athletic move, and it, it looks it looks a lot better now that that and a, a lot more uh, legendary now that we know he's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely, and it was a like you said, he had a tiptoe in the back of the end zone, and it was beautiful. Um, it was really majestic. And you mentioned uh, how I was talking about John Stallworth being great in the eighties. Donnie Shell was as well, like you mentioned. And they retired both at the end of the 1987 season, that strike year that we talked about, and they came in in the 1974 season. So uh, 14 big years for those guys. They were pretty much, they were the guys for me even more than a lot of the other players because I started watching them seriously in about 1980. So those were the big guys that I knew, Tony. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And, and, and it had to be tough for them to, you know, they came up with all those Super Bowls. John Starworth mentioned one time that that's all we knew as we, we grew up with Super Bowls. because That's all they, that's all they knew right out of college. And then 
to uh, to go through that transition in the eighties and to still produce the way they did both star Wars and shell. That's a testament to, to their talent. And that's why they're both in the hall of fame. So the Steelers went three and out on their next possession as Franco was stopped on first down and two throws to Calvin Sweeney fell incomplete. John Goodson. That's a name that I really forgot about. He was from the university of Texas. He came on for a 46 yard punt. And the Bengals came back out for their third possession of the first quarter as it came to an end. So the first quarter was coming to an end and the Steelers were leading seven, nothing, Tony. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great start to the game for Pittsburgh. But but as we're about to find out, the Bengals are going to are going to stay in this game and, and, and make a, a game of it before before all is said and done. And I tell you what, we are going to talk about that right after this. For the second half of the Steelers Retro Show, my name's Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. Stick around. We're coming right back. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the Steeler Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me, as always, is my great friend, a road trip in the DeLorean with Tony Defio. We are going back in time to 1982. It's the Steelers. It's the Bengals. It was a fantastic game right before a strike. And this was a classic, Tony. It certainly was. And and and, and it was the, I, the Bengals at that time, to me, they were like the Patriots of today, not not that same magnitude, but they were just that team that Pittsburgh could not beat those first couple of years. So I started watching, uh, watching them in the early eighties. So this was, this was a very special game for me. It absolutely was. And I agree with you. They were that team and they had those uniforms that at that time I thought they were a little bit cool because they were different. Now I long for those boring old Bengals uniforms that they had before the tiger stripes. Cause I'm just not into them now, but as a 10 year old, I'm like, Ooh, that's really cool. <laughs> so, so, uh, also in this game something that, uh, was mentioned at this point in the broadcast that Jim Smith, the great wide receiver, um, this was actually his last year in Pittsburgh. He was hospitalized for headaches and he was going through tests. So he wasn't playing in this game as well. So the Steelers had one less weapon in this ball game. The Bengals, Tony, were moving the ball well, but the Steelers were swarming on defense. They really were. They had stops by Gary Dunn, Jack Ham, Mike Met- Merriweather, and Keith Willis, on this drive on third down Anderson he had Archie Griffin wide open but he fell prey to Jack Ham leading the way on a seven-man blitz and they had a punt once again after a false start by Ray Penny on the next drive and a three and out Cincinnati came out with great field position of their own 
They were at their own 48 to start series number four for them. Bob Coors, there's a name from the past. Bob Coors dropped Anderson for the sack on second and on third and 15. Donnie Shell again showed why they called him the torpedo with a huge hit right in front of the first down marker to force a punt and another appearance by Rick Woods to go ahead and receive that punt. But another three and out brought Goodson out again. The Steelers and the Bengals weren't moving the ball at this point. But that's another great name to bring up. I forgot all about Bob Coors. He wasn't a huge name, but he did some things in the 80s. Yeah, he was he was a nice uh, role player for them, and a, a nice uh, journeyman kind of type player, and, and, and he made a great play on, on that sack of Kenny Anderson. That's the great thing about the retro show. We're going to bring up some more names like that in this show, but it's great to hear names like Bob Coors. We mentioned Calvin Sweeney before, Rick Woods. I love it because they uh, they weren't just bums. And you know what? I don't think anybody that plays in the National Football League could or should be considered a bum. But these guys had a lot of moments for this team. So it's really fun to say their names again. So midfield is where the Bengals set up and Anderson went for it all on one play. But it's Donnie Shell again, Tony. What did he do? He he made a uh, this time not 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 much not as athletic, but it was another great and important interception, the second of the game, and 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 thwarted what could have been a a uh, scoring drive for the Bengals. Yeah, he stepped in front of Isaac Curtis for that second interception of the game. Well, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. It took so long for him to get in, but it's so great, and I can't wait for that induction when COVID allows it. It's going to be fantastic. I'm hoping to be there, Tony, because Donnie Shell was one of my guys. Oh, me too. It's going to, it's going to be special when he, when, when, when he gets inducted. I mean, it, it, you know, I'm sure a lot of people feel he should have been inducted, inducted a lot sooner. And I, and I agree, but, but better late than never, he's certainly deserving of it. You look at his stats and his overall career, he's a hall of famer. Right away. Bradshaw went deep with a 28 yard connection with his tight end, Benny Cunningham, but two more long balls met the turf again. A third to Sweeney did as well at midfield, but 85 was interfered with. So the Steelers seem to have new life there, but Ross Browner, that's another name. He sacked Bradshaw to knock the Steelers out of range for a field goal as the Steelers brought Goodson in again to kick it away. With less than four minutes to go in the first half, Anderson mixed in the run and pass very well. It was Johnson and Alexander on the ground. Ross, Archie Griffin, and Collinsworth again getting the Bengals into scoring range. But a pass rush by Jack Ham and good coverage by Rick Woods on third down forced Cincy to settle for a 50-yard field goal. With 119 left in the quarter, it was 7-3 Steelers. And here's a name that we talk about all through this game, Tony. It's Jack Ham. He was near the end of his career. I'm a huge Jack Ham guy because he went to Bishop McCord High School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. If I would have went to Catholic High School, I would have went to the same high school, not at the same time, of course. Um, he would have actually the same time as my dad, actually. Um, my dad, if he would have went to, my mom and dad, if they would have went to Catholic High School, would have been teammates, not teammates, would have been uh, classmates of Jack Ham. So uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, a Johnstown legend when you come from there. And every time you say Jack Ham, you have to say Johnstown if you grew up in that area code. And you know me, I always do. But Jack Ham was amazing in this game. He didn't look like 
that guy that was a hall of famer but when you just looked at the guy he just looked like like a regular tall dude but when he played tony he was magic he was so so special so solid so seamless every everything about him was just perfect and and he he was so good and so consistent he just he almost like he was overshadowed of all the Hall of Famers from those 70s teams. He might be the most underrated if that's if you can believe that. I mean, he's certainly more under uh, overshadowed by, by Jack Lambert, not the not nearly the personality of a Lambert, but he was such a special outside linebacker. And, and there's a reason why he, he was considered the best of all time up until Lawrence Taylor came along. He was he was a very special player for them. Yeah, I love Jack Ham. So in the ensuing kickoff, Tony, Fred Bohannon. He played a year in the CFL, the Canadian Football League. He took the kick into the end zone, and with help from a block by Tyrone McGriff, he ran it all the way to the Cincinnati 42-yard line. That's great field position. On a fourth and one, Chuck Noll decided against a long field goal and went for the first down. In comes Russell Davis, number 45. Not a guy that a lot of people remember. I do because number 45 was last name davis and he became my favorite player for a little bit he wasn't there long but you gotta go with a surname i never got myself a russell davis jersey but maybe i should tony the steelers got all the way down to the eight yard line after that after russell davis moved those chains barely but with the clock running out gary anderson had to come in and he he nailed a 25 yard field goal for a 10 to 3 steelers lead at the half tony yeah, it would have been it would have been nice to get a, a, a touchdown there right before the half. It really would have swung the momentum, I think. But but the but the salvage three there on the uh, on the back of the Bohannon kick return that late in the first half, I think that it, it was good, good to get three points. And as we're going to find out, every 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 point in this game is a big is a big point. Absolutely. And I got to ask you this: I did not remember Fred Bohannon. I should have, but I didn't. Did you? No. This is uh this is this is one of those one of those names that, that, that I was reacquainted with. Thanks. Thanks to watching this game again. I, I did not remember this guy at all. And he was good the week before in the Dallas game. I, I remember learning his name in the Dallas game. Cause I did a throwback Thursday on that game. We will be doing that someday on the retro show. And I remember hearing his name then and quickly forgetting it. Uh, my apologies to Fred. But now I remember it, and now I'm going to remember it because he was pretty good that season as a rookie. So the Steelers get the ball back to start the third, but runs by Harris and Bradshaw weren't enough as they had a punt again. There were a lot of punts in this game. Goodson's kick only went about 34 yards. And then when Fuller grabbed the ball and received it, he didn't fair catch it. He was walloped immediately by a guy that I remember his name, Ernest French. I always thought that was a cool name. Number 20, Ernest French absolutely cracked him. Yeah, that was a big hit at, 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 on the punt. I, I, he's another guy I had not even thought of in 38 years, but but he, he did have an interesting name and, and a great hit on his play. Yeah, that might have been his, his biggest play as a Steeler. And uh, we're talking about it now, all these years later, 38 years later, Here's to you, Ernest French. The Bengals came out looking to get in the end zone, and they were aided by a 37-yard catch and run by that guy again, Chris Collinsworth. He was all over the place, Tony. And uh, at the end of this game, he would have 11 catches for 144 yards. 
And that was a big chunk of it there too. On third and two from the 12, Collinsworth made his sixth grab to move the chains. From there, Pete Johnson barely broke the plane of the goal line and was 6.45 left in the third quarter. The score was now tied at 10, Tony. Yeah, it was one of those, uh, Pete Johnson was one of those big backs from, from the early 80s that I always remember and that he gave the Steelers fits. But, but on this play, I didn't think watching it uh, that he, he if, if instant replay had existed, they might have challenged it because it didn't look to me like he broke the plane, but but it was really a bad angle, so it was hard to see. But it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if, if instant replay existed in 1982. That Steelers defense was swarming, and I agree with you completely. I don't think he broke the plane of the goal, but they gave it to him, and you can't do anything back then. The Steelers were moving the ball well in their next possession with Franco Harris not catching the ball, but running it. Then a 26-yard gain by Benny Cunningham, took the ball to the four-yard line. Then after Russell Davis was stopped on first down, Bradshaw went back to Cunningham for a four-yard score with 40 seconds left in the third quarter. The Steelers led the game by a score of 17-10. to 10. In the fourth, Tony, the Bengals countered quickly with passes to Curtis and Collinsworth. Then Pete Johnson rumbled in from the six to cap off a six-play, 67-yard drive. Again, it's Pete Johnson. It was 17-17 to with 13-18 left in the game. What were your thoughts as you were reliving this game here, Tony? My thoughts at the time were like, I can't believe how, how good this game was. This is really a fantastic second half, a lot of excitement. And 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 you could tell why why the Bengals were in the Super Bowl the year before. They were just they were they, they once they turned it on it, it was like it was like uh flipping a switch for them that they they had a lot of weapons on offense and, and they came alive on this drive and also the Steelers were just a you know, a fantastic old champion that that wanted to uh again get back to the glory days of the 70s after missing the playoffs two years in a row I thought it was a great battle it really was Bradshaw comes out he throws deep almost gets intercepted by Greg Hawthorne it was not picked off but he was sacked on the next play by Reggie Williams with 9.17 remaining in the contest, the Bengals get the ball back. And then they started to shred the Steelers' defenses, the Steelers' defense with passes to Collinsworth, Ross, and Johnson. But a few key stops by rookie Edmund Nelson from Auburn. Yeah, the seventh rounder was big in this game. He forced a Jim Breach 35-yard field goal. There's only 4.44 left in the game now, Tony. The Bengals had their first lead of the game. It's 20 to 17. It's looking bleak. But here comes Bradshaw coming out, looking for either the tie or the win. And he's thrown passes to Harris again. Harris was amazing catching the ball. He had a career high, 88 yards on 11 receptions in this game, which he only had six yards on the ground. He was not running the ball well at all. But catching the ball, he was huge. The Steelers were getting closer as Bradshaw was sacked with under one minute left to play. And it set up a third and 17 at the 38-yard line. But a pass to Calvin Sweeney helped get the attempt to be more manageable, a more manageable 42-yarder instead of the 55 that they uh, did not want Anderson to have to attempt. So with seconds to play in regulation, while there's about 35 seconds left, he hits it. It's tied 20-20. And I got to tell you, Tony, 
this game is close to overtime, but the Bengals had life with not a lot of time left, Tony. Yeah. As I was watching this, rewatching this, I, I'm thinking, okay, 35 seconds left. I remember this game went into overtime. I always knew that. So I thought, I just thought the, th- the final 35 seconds of regulation would run off. But as we're about to find out, that wasn't the case. Me too. I was thinking the exact same thing and I was stunned. So a couple of penalties, including an unsportsmanlike conduct by Jack Lambert, got the Bengals all the way down to the 22-yard line of Pittsburgh. And out came Jim Breach for what would be a 39-yard game winner. But here's a name for you. Tom Beasley, Tony. He was able to leap and block the field goal to send the game into overtime. Mel Blunt tried to pick it up and run with it, but he was tackled. That was amazing, Tony. I couldn't believe it. What a thrilling stop to regulation here. I was stunned. It was I mentioned on a previous uh, podcast, Retro Show, how, how I, I genuinely reacted to a, a Leroy Thompson touchdown because of the movie made. That's, that's, I did the exact same thing here. I could not believe it. It was like I was watching it live. I did not know this happened, Tom Beasley blocking that field goal. It was so cool. So since he wins the all-important coin toss, the rules were different. It's sudden death, and you saw sudden death, and you saw how this team was moving the ball in the form of Ken Anderson to Chris Collinsworth. It could have been rough here. They started on their own 20. They got to third and six from their own 24, so they really weren't moving the ball. The Bengals looked to move the chains, though, but the Steelers sent the house. And in comes number 59 again. Jack Ham broke free, almost sacked Kenny Anderson. But it's a good thing he didn't because Kenny Anderson had time to throw the ball towards Mr. Kreider, number 84. But what happened? Dwayne Woodruff, another unsung hero from the 80s. He stepped in front. He timed it perfectly, stepped in front of the, front of the receiver and, and intercepted the pass and and, and returned it all the way down to the three and a huge celebration in the end zone ensued. And it was really cool to see the players uh, really giving Woodruff love on such a huge play, setting the Steelers up at the three uh, in overtime. I was going crazy. And like, like I said, I knew what happened. It's 38 years later. And I'm yeah. watching that game earlier today. And I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. On <laughs> first and goal, you knew it was over. I knew the final score, but I knew when Bradshaw rolled right, and found Stallworth all alone in the end zone, the 26 to 20 win. I knew this was one of those special games, and I couldn't wait to talk to you about it, Tony. I, I and I remember this play. I remember uh, Stallworth, I remember the rollout from, from Bradshaw on Stallworth, uh, his slide and catch in the end zone. And of course, I remember Dwayne Woodruff's pick. So those are the two or three, the two plays I remember from this game. And I also remember how excited I was as a kid jumping up and down and pumping my fist because I was so frustrated with them losing to the Bengals all the time. But it was so nice to see them get this win early in the year. It really was. This was an important game because this ended up being only a nine-game season. The Steelers ended up going into the playoffs as the four seed. It was an eight-team tournament at the time. The Bengals went in as a three seed. They both ended up losing in the first round. The Bengals were upset by the Jets. The Steelers, in a classic that we will probably relive sometimes on the retro show, lost a classic to the San Diego Chargers. What a game this was, though, and this was the last Steeler game for like I said, probably about seven weeks, and it felt really good 
to uh, finally get football back again and remember this as being the Steelers last game before the long layoff. It was two and oh, the Steelers. And less than three months later, I had my 12th birthday. Excuse me. Yes, my 12th birthday. And for my 12th birthday, now let me rephrase that. It was my 11th birthday. And for my 11th birthday, my dad got me tickets to the Steelers and the Chiefs. And I went to my very first game and I saw all these players. And who did I get to see score big touchdowns? John Stallworth from a 75-yard pass from Terry Bradshaw. And I remember that well. Um, this was a special team for me. This was one of my big fandom teams. Um, you know, the start of me really getting into it to uh, what has uh, turned into a, a fun hobby for me now, being able to talk about these games, Tony. So a really special season was that 82 season, even with the strike, even with them bowing out early in the playoffs. But this game was a huge part of that year, Tony. I absolutely agree. And, 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 and it's one I'll never forget. And it's a season I'll never forget because it was so nice to see them get back on the uh, playoff uh, wagon, so to speak, after, after missing for two years. I mean, I, I came along right at Super Bowl, Super Bowl 14 and then the next two years they, they missed the playoffs and it was pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty sad ending, pretty depressing endings for each season. So, so to see them kind of uh, recapture that magic again in 82. And even if, though it was only for nine regular season games, it was a very special, special year for me. It indeed was. And it's special to go through all these games with you. We're going to have another classic coming up next week. But until then, my friends, remember, you can take me away. I don't mind. But you better promise me and Tony that we will be back in time. We'll see you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.